March 3, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro show. What do you think of uh, Johnny Hodges and the Western Young today? I am just as well as I did. Yeah, just as well as I did uh, 15 years ago. Well, Rabbit certainly was, uh, he had to play in the, in the front ranks, really, of any group of musicians that you name, because sure. he always played so prettily, man. He was always a beautiful player. I know Bird, I, I remember reading an interview with Bird in a magazine one time, mm -hmm. and uh, Bird was very, very enthusiastic about Hodges' playing and said that, Hodges was one of his major influences. Yeah, he was great. And so much soul. So much soul, man. A lot of soul. A lot of people say that Lester doesn't play as well today as he used to. I don't know. To me, he's always played great. I think so, too. He's always played great. Yeah, he's always got so. a great sound. He's always got young guys with him, too. You know this yeah. nowadays? Well, for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. He's always chosen some of what he felt were the younger uh, talents, like this trumpet player that he had working with him for quite a while, Jesse Drake. Yeah. He's very good trumpeter. <coughs> very, very good trumpeter. And the trouble is, you don't hear enough of him. That's right. I don't know uh, why. He'll be heard. He's a good trumpeter. Yeah. He'll find some groove somewhere. For him. One, two, three, four. I'm gonna walk on down to the eclipse I see a woman, she's been camping out all night for the eclipse There's a man there, trying to sell some tickets to the eclipse The businessmen, they got no time for the eclipse It's a social gathering, but no one can look into the sky Okay, people with funny sunglasses, they're trying to catch a glimpse of the eclipse. There's a vendor walking around, he's trying to sell some t-shirts at the eclipse. And the man's vomiting all over a rock, he can't quite handle the eclipse. I checked my watch now, uh-oh, it's almost time for the Social gathering, but no one can look into the sky. It's a social gathering, but no one can look into the sky. It's a social gathering, but no one can look into the sky. It's a social gathering, but no one can look into the sky. Watch for Pedro show. Happy Thursday. Turn the guy. Happy Thursday to you. Yeah, turn the fucking. I'm talking to Melissa these days. Uh, <laughs> you can tell people that I'm not man alone because those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got David Heaton. Welcome aboard, David. Hey, how's it going? And we got to give Howard big credit for the connect, too. 
For sure, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known how to get in touch with you otherwise. Well, you could go to the hoop page, <laughs> but uh, this, there's always a way. Howard's an old buddy, and I'm so glad. Where are you talking to me from, David? I am in Queens, New York. Yes, one of the boroughs. Okay. Oh yeah. Let's find out about your journey through music. Can you bring your earliest musical recollection, please? I mean, are we going to go back to like two years old, hearing nuns play in church on acoustic guitars? Or are we going to high school, my first band? <laughs> Either one. Okay, I'm going to restate the question. Musical recollection. So music doesn't mean you making it, in my mind. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go with the nuns. But we're going to get to the fucking high school thing, so don't worry. Yeah, let's go with the nuns. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I grew up in like a hippie Catholic church in the rectory where my parents were Sunday school teachers. So there was like these, you know, everyone has these like horror stories of nuns. For me, there were these really sweet kind of hippie nuns who played acoustic guitar and, you know, the, the music in the church was kind of acoustic and cool sounding. So, yeah, I think I, I just had like a warm, you know, association with uh, with music and those sounds like at a really early age. I was surrounded by it. When I was and, a boy, and and choral singing, I guess too, yeah. So you, that's your memory, your earliest musical memory is in church. Well, my mom's people were from Italy, and I, so I went to Catholic church as a boy. And the Vatican II thing in the sixties, when they yeah. started doing the litany, uh, not in Latin anymore. There was this thing called the guitar mass. <laughs> yep. That's what I remember from Navy Housing, so I can relate a little bit to you. You know, I should tell the people. What they just heard. Uh, it was August Bloom asking John Coltrane about Johnny Hodges and Lester Young in 1958. And then you're the Eclipse tune. Oh, right on. New, new stuff, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, back to your journey. Uh, first record you bought with your own money? Uh, that might have been not until middle school. That's I think all right. it was probably. That's all right. Yeah, I think it was They Might Be Giants Lincoln. That's funny because I think they went on to just do records for kids. <laughs> yeah. So oh, you yeah. were you were you were a veterano by then, and and the first gig you saw. Also, they might be giants. I saw them at the Bottom Line in New York City. My mom had to take me because I was only thirteen, the and it was a two line. person. Yeah, yeah, the Bottom Line. Raymond Pettibone took me to see Sonny uh, Rollins there. No way! Wow, that's a story. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, now the, the, I understand the music at the church of your parents are teachers, but are there any musical instruments in the pad you grew up in? You know, really sadly, we had we had like a piano in this house that my parents bought, and it was kind of out of tune, and I was all excited there'd be a piano in the house. And then for whatever reason, my dad just wanted to get rid of it. So my memory is that we just took it out to the front porch, and we got to like chop it up and, you know, throw it out on the curb to be taken away. But when I think back to that, I'm like, what a, what a travesty, man. We could have had a, a cool rinky-dink out-of-tune piano, and instead we destroyed it. <laughs> uh, could have probably so hired no. somebody to try and tune it, too. I know. What the hell? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know okay, let me ask you this, then. School, marching band, choir. Well, you said you were doing choral at church, right? Uh, not really. I mean, I just like the sound of Oh, you, you know, weren't part of it. You were just listening. Yeah, yeah, just okay, listen. That's all but, right. But yeah, no, for sure. I pl I played trumpet for nine years in school. I oh, was in okay. the marching band. 
Yeah, I, I did play. We went to the football games and we, you know, worked up at six in the morning. Hard to, uh, with marching because a little mouthpiece. Oh man, it was brutal, especially those cold winter mornings. I you heard, got the uh, metal mouthpiece hitting your the bone, teeth. Well, and, and also the side, like the bone and the baritone and two. You know, the bigger mouthpiece, they're easier as as it's bouncing, right? Because yes, right. <laughs> I heard yeah. even tougher than trumpet though was the French horn mouthpiece. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah it's really little. John Entwistle, right? There's a French horn solo in the middle of Pictures of Lily. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, now what about after school? Not after graduating, but in the afternoon, the bedroom band, the garage band, the basement band, did you do? Oh, yeah. Well, well, you got on guitar, right? So, you you didn't play trumpet when you jammed with your buddies, did you? Well, so I got my first, like, acoustic guitar in high school, and I could barely play it, but that was fine. And, uh, and I did, you know, my, my friend played the clarinet and he made like oh, weird wow. noise with, yeah. so we, we did play, we did play both trumpet and clarinet in this, like, and you know what I also forgot, David, that maybe some of your young music was in the nineties and there was a ska thing. And that's where finally the brass guys from school bands could be in rock bands. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ska was big. It's true. Toasters and, uh, oh, but uh, over here, like for even some warp tours had half the band ska for a little bit yeah yeah i'm trying to remember the but you, you guys uh, didn't do it you guys were like kind of experimenting we were more like an anti-folk east village kind of spoken word band it was like stoner poetry um, how do you do spoken word with horns in your mouth what's that how do you do spoken word with horns in your mouth right? well, well, he, he would take he would take the lead while I played the trumpet, and he would read his poetry, and then he'd play clarinet, and I'd read mine. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. Do you, do you have records of this shit? Well, yeah. I think that song you just played, The Eclipse, was, uh, from that. was okay. a Velvet Cactus Society. That's that's that era. Yeah. Well, see, all the tunes were named David Heatley, so I, I found out some were the Bischoffs, two of them, but I couldn't tell what was what, you know, Howard could have helped oh, me a my bit bad. That's all right. That's all right. So actually, the, the, there was a name for the, the, the band doing the Eclipse. What was the name of that band? Yeah, we were called Velvet Cactus Society. Velvet. That's a good name. <laughs> Thanks, man. Especially a desert kind of trip in New York City. Velvet Cactus. Yeah. Velvet Cactus Society? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and so what? Well, you're, you're playing like what? West Village Coffee House? We're, yeah, we did play some open mics there. Probably the biggest gig I had was there was a homeless benefit concert at my high school that actually my wife, uh, then my just my friend, she organized it. We played that. That was like a full auditorium. So that was that was kind of thrilling. But yeah, we otherwise we played like open mics and East Village cafes and stuff. Okay, and how long did that last? Well, it was really only a couple of years, but you know the big thrill was we did get to meet. Uh, you know, we sent our stuff, our little four track tapes to Kramer on Shimmy Disc, and he, you know, he signed us basically, and we put out two CDs on Shimmy Disc. So that was like uh, life changing. I was like still a teenager. Wow, and yeah, you, you're not ready to tour yet. But if you put out records, you got a tour, right? Did you get to that <laughs> I don't point? Think I, no. I, I've never in my life been a touring musician. Okay, so okay. I, I've That's always right. envied people who have been, but no, I've never done that. Uh, you hear a lot of people whining about it, but I, I, I do think it's an excellent opportunity. It's a trippy, yeah. vaudevillian trip. Yeah, I'd love room. to do it someday but, if uh, I can. Maybe you will, right? Yeah. How old are you? Yeah. How old 47. Are you? Yeah, you got time. Okay, good. Vincent painted only in the last 10 years of his life, huh? 
So, uh, that's after true, the yeah. Velvet Cactus, is, well, what? There must be some kind of like transition between where you get more and more confident. You said you couldn't play guitar, but did you take lessons? You must have learned, right? Yeah, I got to say, in the last like four years, I've finally gotten decent at guitar. I've like really expanded my chord repertoire, but for the longest time, I just played like you know three or four chords, really junky playing, and and just thought it was fine. But I, you know, now I've really seen the limitations of it. And I, I just want to write slightly more complicated songs. So it's been a recent discovery, but yeah, now I, for a very long time, I was just self-taught and kind of proud, but yeah, I think I probably could have used a few more chords back in the day too. Okay. You know? Life on or life, our own way. Is this David yeah. Healy? Yeah. That's my newest record. That's right. New right. One. Okay. Okay. I got the credit right. Let's listen. <laughs> Between the hour of midnight and dawn A deeper frequency No one but me and she can be on I know you tried to raise us right But you raised us wrong Let's hit this chief time To get with the beat of the song
gonna take it, okay? I can sure use it, you know!
ಎಲಾ ಬಡ್ಡಿ ಮಗನೇ
to me Doesn't make a bit of difference If I scream You say What you think Oh, it doesn't really matter If I swim or if I sing You say What you feel My heart is flipping all over itself Like an eel inside a wheel You say I'm a crazy person I have to agree sometimes But you rock my mind Show that chunk of music started off with David Heatley doing Life Our Own Way. And brand new from Noisuka, Hermit Crabs. Reynolds out of uh, Montreal, Quebec. 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 What am I saying? Quebecois. That's what I meant. Lintiri uh, Temporoli. Guided by voices, brand new. Of course, it's the other, every other month, right? There's a new album. <laughs> Pollard's incredible. Climbing a ramp. Senior Salty Balls with Just Cause. Bums Prended. House of Doors. Sam Locke Ward. Bob Buckle Jr. Tugging for the Man. Karam out of Toronto. It's more Canada. Squeezing through the P. 
Independence Stone. Hari Sim after that brand new De Brancho Ario, Northern Jaw. His latest album, Michael. Strong Beach here. Ali Vultures and finally Dave. Is it is this David Heatley? Rock my mind. Yeah, that's me. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to check. Now I'm all suspicious, you know, after the <laughs> eclipse. <laughs> after being eclipsed by reality with <laughs> this abode. Okay, okay. Let, um, you know, the picture, though, don't show you with acoustic guitar. It shows you with an electric guitar. So when did you make that move? I think it's a Telecaster, uh, in fact, like D. Boone played. Oh, it's actually a... Um... It's kind of like a hollow-bodied thing. Uh, Dan Electro, it's convertible. Oh, it's yeah, called... I remember those. Kind of masonite. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a kitchen countertop or something. <laughs> masonite. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, they had the amps, right? In the case. Yeah, and... yeah. It's kind of like a toy, Dan, which I like. I like Dan instruments Electro that are a bit made like toys. For, uh, uh, Sears, they called them Silvertone. Yeah, yeah. Right, totally. they're really light. And they got their yep. own sound, lipstick pickups. Are interesting. Okay, so when did you get one of them? I think I got it about 10 years ago. Uh, there's actually a guitar shop in my hometown in Teaneck, New Jersey. That's, I think it's called Lake Street Guitars. Really good shop. And they just had it. You know, people always say, oh, the guitar calls out to you. And I always thought that was cheesy. But this one really did. I, I just felt the connection. I was like, I got to buy this thing. So that was it. And what about Amp? Um, I just honestly play, I, I use this guitar mostly just to demo songs and I just have like an orange, uh, you know, warm up amp, uh, practice amp. And I just play that. Okay. Okay. And, uh, like a little combo, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so when you, you say demos, right? So what, you got a four track or you go into a pewter? Um, so I have I've downloaded this app called Acapella, which sure. allows you to like yeah record different screens. So I just like I'd make a little video of me playing each part, and you know unlike other apps, like you actually can't you can't just overdub. So it's like you get the take you get, and then you do the next take, and it has to be sort of live in a way, which I like. It's a, it's a limitation, you know. It's kind of so. like a voice memo. Yeah, yeah. On a leash. You just you know? layer it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's to capture the idea so it don't get lost to the fucking vortex. Exactly. Right, all yep. the bitching licks that have been invented and just lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to hold I'm on, sure. right? It's hard to hold on. So I, I, I have a little, so many little recorder thing, you know, digital, that I just carry around and I'll hum the shit in there. Because it, yep. it's hard to remember, man. And sometimes oh, yeah. it just hits you, right? When when you, you come on something, you see something, you feel something, you're thinking of something, maybe combinations of both. And that's yep. where the, the muse touches you, right? That's where the tunage. Or yeah, you got to grab it when it's yeah. right there. Yep. So so what do you do? You got a whole batch of these little, like you say, you can't build on them. And, and, and where, where do they go from there? From there, that, then you go to the... Well, like, so with this album, it was kind of yeah, an amazing life Yeah, let's talk about this album since that's the main reason, right? We're talking yeah. Okay. I mean, so I'd say probably all the songs on this album, like, came to me in my dreams, actually. It's where I just woke up and had a little fragment of it left. It might have been, like, a line from a chorus or a verse. So I just, yeah, like you said, I just sing it into my phone and kind yeah. of capture it. And then I'd work with it, like, over you know, weeks or months and do more of a proper demo with like multi parts, you know, harmonies, whatever, layers of guitars and keyboards. And then 
you know, this was new for me. I actually sent them to uh, Mark Bingham, who's the producer on the record, and having him as a collaborator, it was like, you know, it was like strapping a, a, a airplane jet engine on the back of the thing, and just it just everything took off because he knew exactly how to dial everything up and get the right people to play these little parts I had in my okay, head. Okay, I was going to ask. It wasn't Man Alone then. It, it was. Well, for sure, yeah. the producer, man, but he also brought in other musicians? Oh, yeah, yeah. He he brought in, like, 12 different musicians down in New Orleans and, uh, you know, a couple of rural Louisiana cats. And it was, uh, whew, I mean, it was the best music session of my life working so, with them, for like sure. You, you said you made, <coughs> sorry, two albums with the Velvet Cactus Society. So this was a much way, a different way of making records for you. Yeah, I mean, we had... I guess Kramer technically produced that first record, but you know, barely. And it, um, it's kind of a mess uh, through no fault of his. We just didn't know that, what the hell we we're doing, but you know, Mark's been making records for 50 years. So you go down there and you're in the hands of a master and he just knows, he, you know, he'll listen to my demo for a couple of weeks straight. And then he has parts that he hears and he knows, Oh, I'll get this guy to play guitar on that. And, you know, we'll tweak the line a little bit to make it more like this. And let's, you know, bring in this kind of drum pattern. He, he just, he, it was like, it's easily half his record. I mean, honestly. He, and Velvet Cactus so Society, yeah. those records are more like a gig in front of the microphones? Um, so the, they're weird records because half of them, like the first record is uh, 26 songs, the second record's 50 songs, and more than half of them are like four-track, uh, you know, tunes that we just put onto two-inch tape. And, you okay, know. that you guys record yourself and then... Craig yeah. didn't record them. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Well, but then, totally then half of them we room. did do in the studio. Yeah, half of them were studio tracks that were, you know, like more properly layered with better mics and stuff. But but even those were like uh, gigs in front of the microphone. Not so much like with uh, Mark, like listening and like kind of almost repurposing them, reforming them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. No, it's good. I think to get a lot of different kind of experiences that you can't. And uh, whatever you call it, evolution. How, how did you mm -hmm. look, how'd you get connected with Mark? Well, it's just one of these things. I mean, I, I get these little voices in my head sometimes that tell me to do things. And this was one of them where I, I got this new Peter Stampfell record that's, uh, you know, 100 songs. Right, Peter was on the show uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was such a fan of that record. And, I, and one of his earlier ones that Mark produced, and I just was like, oh, my God, this guy's a genius, whoever, whoever did all these songs. So I just... I had to track him down. He wasn't easy to find. I got his email from someone and then wrote him this long, gushing letter just saying like all the different things I loved about the record and said, hey, here's some demos of some stuff I've been writing. It's like a dream of mine to work with you one day. And, you know, you just send that. You think it's going to go into the void. But he, he liked it. He was like, yeah, man, why don't you come down? We'll record a few of these. Um, and then, you know, we, we did four at first. Then I came back a month later. We did 11 more and... and that was it. You know, we had a whole record. You know, you can share that lesson with a lot of people. Let the freak flag fly. Roll the dice. Yeah, you got it, right? <laughs> That's worked out for me my whole life, I got to say. I mean, I, I, I've always approached artists I really love. And, you know, half the time you don't hear and then half the time you might. And they, they might like what you do, too. But, you like, know? not to even give it a shot is such a, oh, my God, like, sort of like getting rid of that fucking piano, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's more like, yeah, the opportunity word means nothing. But it really yep. does, it can, or it can. Look, David, we're at the end of the 
first hour, March 3, 2022 edition, Watt Pedro Show special guest, David Heatley. My middle name's David. Yeah, oh, cool. Play my mom. Hold tight, Mike, Mike. March 3, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. One, two, one, two, three.
di petali, cammini, casa, porta, finestra, tetto. Do you too? And all 
played my kazoo Used to have three, then I had two Together they played beautiful tunes Oliver, my late friend Never on time, now you're dead Together they played songs in my
yourselves into a new world. Give yourselves into a world of incident and accident. Give yourselves into a new world. But stay there until you drop.
I got flames coming out my ass Felt the unholy spirit of a Lucifer as I breathed my last I took a face melted trip down to the gates of hell With a chorus of bloody angels screaming clear as a bell Brimstone and ash filling up my nose I landed with a crash right out the tune my flow There was a cute girl at the gate, all tatted up. Sucking on a whiskey bottle and a cigarette butt. She said, Welcome to eternal damnation, dear. It's really not as bad as they describe it up there. But we can drink and smoke and fuck as much as we please. The food is kind of a joke, but at least there's plenty to eat. She handed me a robe and some sandals that were crimson red Then she kissed me on the cheek and said I'll find you later in your bed I walked through a tunnel for what felt like hours Found myself in a cavern full of blackened flowers Saw miles of buck naked bodies at play I threw my robe on a rock and I jumped into the fray That I made 
Pedro Show started the second hour off with David Heatley blowing off the world. That's a David Heatley tune, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's me. Okay. And Manuel Ayers, this is Manuel, and uh, he's living in Berlin these days. Terchita. No, where is it? It's, it ain't Roma. He got pissed off. It's more by the water. I think it's Terchita. But man, he's an incredible guitar man, and this music he's making these days is incredible. Manuel. Manuel Averis, great band, uh, band name, too, because he goes with his name. Ben Salter after that from Tasmania with Passion. Thank you, Ben Salter, for sending me a package. Uh, we did a song together. Richard Young's No Jams. It's not a happy tune. Tom, Tom Moody and the all-new Greatest Hits Band. That's wishful thinking. Still, Crushed by Pimps. I think they're buddies with these guys. South London, Crushed by Pimps. Unchristened. Sunk Kevin after that with Mal. Mal. Not Mal. Mal. Bad, right? Latin. Maybe it is male. <laughs> Absorption, so Kevin. And then David Heatley, pissing white light. White light, white heat. Okay. <laughs> I love using the word piss instead of pee, man. Maybe it was the way I grew up in Navy well, housing, but just could not handle that fucking word pee. That was like what girls said. Not yeah, yeah piss girls. is much more rock and roll. Nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with girls. But. Okay, so you had a big batch of tunes, but like you said, you ran four by them. You went down there. You you, you worked on them in batches. Yeah, yeah. We I, It was kind of like a test. Like, oh, let's see if we can work together, if, you know, if this works out. And I brought four. And, you know, I mean, it was just like a mind-blowing experience he you got all these great people, so I was like, I got to come back here immediately and, and do more. So, but, but let me it was just a month, this. month let, later. Let, yeah, I'm kind of a little confused because I thought you sent him the stuff and then he listened a bunch and then he thought of parts. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's what I'm saying. I sent him oh, four, so, and he was like, he was like, come down and let's let's try these. But I just didn't know how it was going to go, and he didn't either. Like how we would work together, okay. but it worked really well. You know. Oh, but but you must add some positive things when he started. Uh, you get feedback off your four tunes, right? You didn't go there cold. I mean, you know, we just emailed. I never talked to him on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, yeah, he didn't say much. He was just like, yeah, cool, let's do him. So, yeah, there wasn't like, uh, the oh, plan was all in his head. You know, I well, didn't. I understand. I you, realize this, I got there. you realize when you got there, he had done all this. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he was yeah. like, uh, it was, in a way, that's kind of good because it ain't all just his words and, tr you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, kind of taunting, like, you know, because some dudes, that's all it is, is words. <laughs> There's nothing. Oh, yeah. But there you got to see it actually done, that he had put invested all this stuff. That's bitching. It, it was really cool. It was really cool, yeah. So the second round, round two, what, you come back with four mm. more? I came back with uh, 
I'd send him like 20 songs total, but I said, why don't you pick which ones you like? And we wound up with 15. So I had like 11 more on the second time. And that was a really packed, it was 10 days. We did 11 songs. So we wow. really crammed it in. Yeah. Yeah. And how much time in between that he got to listen and think of things? Um, I mean, we pretty much captured everything that went on to the, the final songs during that 10 days. There may have been a few little parts he added over the coming weeks, but I'd say within a month of me leaving uh, Louisiana, he had the whole thing mixed. You know, it was a real quick process. And so he didn't fuck with like the, the like skeletons or whatever, the basic structures, or did he? Like, let's move this course, let's move this versus bridge. No, not really. No. So he's he just supplementing. He said, you know, extend this thing eight bars or something. He might say something like that. Okay. Like, let's have the outro be really long. But no, not in terms of other structure. Now, yeah. now I'll give you an example. I remember first day Ed from Ohio came to my pad, and he writes a song with these two chords that are arpeggiated. And I said to him, you know, I like those chords, but what if you strummed a little different? What if you went... Of course, why? Well, make room for the bass guitar. <laughs> yes. But that turned that's how Bray Captain happened. So Edward came up with the chords, but then I asked him to strum a little different. But I would have mm -hmm. never asked him to strum a little different if I didn't first hear them chords. Mm. Does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think of it like, you know, a producer thinks in terms of puzzle pieces. They have to snap together. You can't be playing on top of each other, right? And okay. so Yeah, I, mean, I, I totally agree with you, Dave. Now, here's the stuff I, that, that I found out was called the Bischoffs. It's yeah. called Moonbeam. Yeah, yeah.
across the oceans on the back of a kind of sea turtle. A kind of sea turtle. Look to the left and you'll see a pair of otters, a mating pair. Joyously swimming together. Look to the right, can you see? A cute little axolotl swimming playfully. That's what we see. We're riding across the ocean on the back of. Sea turtle, a kind of sea turtle, kind of sea turtle. Look into the waters, can you see all the colors of the ocean? The deepest blues, turquoises, and greens. And even the greys. The beautiful but perilous oceans. It's what we see while riding on the back of a kind old sea turtle.
Singing this song, I can't think of anything that I have done wrong. David is my name, David is the name, David is a name that was given to me. Pedro Show at Chunky Music. Start off with the Bischoffs. People off air, I got enlightened to the origin of that name. Soon you will. Moonbeam, which was a kind of a joke name that would give uh, a governor, uh, Mr. Jerry Brown, two-time governor. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Riding across the oceans on the back of kind old sea turtle from Puppet Midnight out of England. Bass only. Happening. Trovacova Krishnepeshi out of... Uh, well, this is 1983, so it was still called uh, Yugoslavia. Place, which in, uh, I didn't fuck up too bad. My Slovene, it means dance. The Black Dots out of uh, Denton, Texas. Last days of the new Pompeii. Muskeg Mudsuck out of Alaska with Myron and Muskeg. Plus Dog Plus out of New England. Unexpected Peace 2. I couldn't find Unexpected Peace 1, so... Maybe this is a good sign. Ray Shin after that was Atrium. And finally, some more of the Bischoffs. I am not insane. Enlightenness. 
to the Bischoffs, David, please. So the Bischoffs was me and three high school friends in about like the early 2010s. We got together. Um, we we named ourselves after like this beloved ice cream parlor in our town, which was Teaneck, New Jersey. And it was kind of like, yeah, going back in time, like, let's just have fun. Let's have like a high school band, even though we're all turning 30. And um, yeah, we made we made a few EPs. We made one record. We played around New York City quite a bit. Um, it was fun. But yeah, I'd say that that album kind of captures the, the spirit of what it, we're going it was, for. It was a four piece? Yeah, just four of us. Our drummer actually, the, the unique thing about the band was our drummer actually played a school desk. He just, we like mic'd up a school desk and he would beat on the top of it and the side of it, like kind of like you would do in study hall or in the lunchroom or something. Right. No kick drum? That was, yeah, that was a big part of our sound. No kick drum? No kick drum. There's right. like the, the fist on the top of the desk was the, was the low end. Okay. Because your bass player needs a marriage partner. <laughs> we didn't have a bass player. It was too, oh, too okay, crazy. that makes sense. I always think about guitars. those bands without basses. That poor lonely kick drum. You guys solve that fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dilemma. And, and 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 what happened to them? Um, you know, they a couple of them moved away. They had babies. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we just kind of were like, all right. It ran its course. It ran its course. <laughs> Rand, of course, no hard feelings. Yeah, no, yeah. You no, know, no chingasos, fisticuffs. And, you know, okay. Yeah, none of that. <laughs> but that's a trippy bit. Okay, so no bass and the drummies on a fucking school disc. Yeah. What are the other guys? You, were you on guitar singing? Yeah, I played acoustic guitar and my buddy played acoustic guitar, but he plugged it in some pedals and okay. made it, made it electric sounding. Yeah. Of course. But it had a bit of a violent femsy kind of vibe, the oh. you know, acoustic punk thing. Yeah. But you didn't have the Brian Ritchie on the. Bass. No, yeah. no. I mean, that's such a big part of their sound. It's true. Yeah, but also Gordon's tunes. I remember him talking to me once. He said, you know, I've made records and toured and all this stuff, but my whole career is based on these songs I wrote when I was 17 years old. <laughs> I know. What a curse. <laughs> but, but in a way, but, no, you, Charlie told me that about the Pixies. Now, he wasn't 17, but not that much older. He yeah. Said, he said to me, Pixies is the gift that keeps on giving. It's and it really doesn't matter. True, yeah, that's what he told me. It didn't matter what songs he could write down the road. It was always going to be the Pixies. Yeah. Gordon to yeah. the Femmes. Uh, yeah, tunes are trippy, though. I think they they get their own lives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you're lucky, you know, it's ones that people like. And why not yeah. keep going back to the well? Not not to beat a dead horse. That's why you keep making new songs. But maybe like a, a foundation or something is those tunes that people related to some, you know, a blister in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Then we go wild. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. It could be an albatross around some people's neck. They feel like they always have to play it and they're sick of it. Right, and right. I've, I've, never, I've never had that problem. I've never, I've never really had much of a following for my music. So it's like I'm free to just keep trying for the first song that's going to break through. So. <laughs> I heard of, uh, Pete Townsend had a nickname for, it was Python Lizard for Pinball Wizard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can just, see them getting sick yeah, of playing that. Yeah, we're getting gratuitous, right? Look, we're at the end of the second hour. March 3rd, 2022 edition. Watt Pedro Slow special guest, David Heatley. Hold tight for hour three. March 3rd, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. David Kelly Jets was a boy soldier. Couldn't wait till the day he 
Let's meet his untimely end. He's being flown to England in the dead of night to penetrate a sleeper cell of neo-Nazi skinheads. Crawling through the ventilator ducts, armed to the teeth, Davy Curly Jets drops down into the fray. A whirling dervish of death, knives spinning, bullets spraying, sending racist teenage thugs to meet their unholy makers. Close up on their faces, chopped and quartered, half a jaw spewing jets of crimson piss. Blobs of hemoglobin, arc and land, spattering into Davy Curly Jets' visage. He sees red. It's right at this moment that a half-dead Nazi, pulling and dragging himself by one hand, locates a stray pistol and points it shakily at our hero. The evil boy's aim proves to be impossibly true. Davy Curly Jets lets loose a guttural howl and drops down to the concrete floor, falling through memory fragments and dream noise, his life leaking out through the hole in his freshly torn stomach. The frame tightens in on his one open eye, fluttering frantically before it closes itself to the world forever. The music swells, fade to black. Titles read... Here lies Davy Curly Jets, a noble warrior, the likes of which we may never again know. The likes of which we may never again know.
skeletons dance Down upon their graves And the dead will rise On oh, no hallows eve
Show start off the third, third hour back in David Heatley world with Davy Curly Jazz and then Mythless, brand new, Dreadless, Further Set, brand new, Auras, Tim Hohouse, not brand new, All Hallows Eve, ain't even fucking Halloween. <clears throat> Fuck that, boy, but let's respect Tim Hohouse. Neighbors will get pissed, man, on Saturday night, too. Now, this is a prac probably at Quinn's house, late 1984, from the Treacherous Jaywalkers, which has Josh Hayden, Charlie Hayden's son. Then finally, Principals. This ain't the pal, right? The guy who's running the school. This is polls like ethics, people. David Heath. So enlighten us first. I don't know. Do you like to talk about your songs? Because some people say, well, yeah. that's why I fucking wrote them in the first place. <laughs> No, I could talk about any of them, sure. 
So break. Davy Curley Jets. Enlighten us. So that was uh, like like many of my songs that came to me in a dream. So I woke up with that chorus like you know please can you hear me Davy Curley Jets you are not dead and I was like what the hell does that mean and I just. I just thought, okay, maybe he's a superhero. Maybe he's like a vigilante named Davy Curly Jets. Maybe he's like my alter ego. And then I wrote this kind of comic booky song about this guy who's going to fight Nazis in, in England and uh, he gets killed or something. So that, that's where that – I just made a narrative out of it. But I wrote those lyrics like, I don't know, like three in the morning or something. So they have the same sort of dream logic uh, as the rest of it. But yeah, so it's to try and like psychoanalyze myself. I was like, where did where did that name come from? You know, I was called Davy when I was growing up, and I was a big West Side Story fan, and I love the Jets. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. The Jets and the Sharks. Ruben and the Jets. Or Betty and the Jets without one, right? Yeah. Now, I'm looking Jets. at the picture. That's a total Dan Electro. I'm such an idiot. That's not a fucking telecast. But you know, George Hurley who wrote a lot of good Minutemen lyrics, he had a job where he had to operate a, lot, a lathe like f- five in the morning. So he, mm. he told me he'd be half awake. But this is when he'd be writing these words. And there's a surreal quality. I think it's kind of neat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you, you know, can't music, fake that, right? Yeah, and also music kind of is for transcending or pretending. And on purpose, pretending might be a little too like obvious, right? And like yeah. you said, psychoanalysis, it might be revealing something about something that's going on, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, Frank Morgan, Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. But you're saying, come on, let's pay attention to whatever's behind this curtain. Well, fuck, <laughs> he was the dude behind the curtain. <laughs> it's all interesting to me. You yeah, know? okay, okay, let's move on. The principles. Principles. I mean, so I'm a cartoonist too. You know, I, I write comic, oh, I uh, comic books about my life story and stuff. And I have a book that came out recently called Qualification. It's all about growing up in like a 12-step kind of culty house, you know, and and wound up. Out I wound up kind of getting sucked in myself. Like in my 30s, I went to like six different programs over about seven years. Oh, so I, I, the old joke is the 13th step, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I wound up leaving, and the book is sort of about that. It's about, like, you know, uh, getting to the end of that journey. But um, when I was still in the steps, uh, th- this this song was written around then. Like, I have these principles that are guiding me, um, and they're going to kind of keep me on the straight and narrow. And I, I just feel like there's not too many rock songs about, like, having spiritual principles. Like, maybe Bad Brains do that really well, but I don't hear it. Too the much, year, like with you know. The year so that John was, Coltrane quit heroin, he wrote a song yeah. called "Straight Street." Right. On his okay. First record, uh, Prestige, Coltrane. The trip is there's no lyrics. Mm. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? I bet you it's in that music. So maybe you were on the same parallel universe as him, there, David. Yeah, it could be. Now yeah. you got this tune here. It's interesting too, because that lady. Remember, there was that lady with the big fancy name that supported that bebop scene and ask questions to these musicians, John Coulter, and one of them, you know, three wishes, what do you want more? And one of them was like, he wanted more sex energy. And we're going to listen mm. to a tune here called Sexified. <laughs> okay, cool. let's listen. Sexified 
This puts the nail in the coffin of me ever being sexified. Strolling through the mall in California with some fashion model European by my side.
side If you would let me I would love you so gently Cause I'm on your side I know your heart has been shuttered for a while And rushing into love and there's no longer you stop But if we take a step together So last music for this edition, Sexified, start off that chunk, David Heatley. Then we had Tollum off his new record. This is his man alone on the piano and improvised the way to the way to the way. And finally, David Heatley, on your side. So, enlighten us. Which one first? Maybe the Sexified. first one. <laughs> Maybe the first. Or your choice. Yeah, okay, Sexified. Um, so similarly, I was talking about these 12 step programs. Like one of them I went to was, was all about kind of sex and love and, you know, fantasy and crushes and, you know, so, and I, I have always had a problem with like just falling in love with too many people at the drop of a hat. Um, and you know, but, but the character in this song, I think is like a really a strung out, uh, you know, sex addict kind of guy. And it's just a, it's a fictional tale of someone who's just, you know, longing for, fame and groupies and stardom and just really uh strung out on that because it's never going to be enough like no matter how much sex or adoration you get it's just going to leave you hollow so it's just yeah it's like writing from that lonely you know strung out place basically yeah yeah and on your side maybe not the same thing <laughs> or maybe <laughs> yeah, you, like... you want to share a basic humanity but i don't want to do that lifestyle choice <laughs> Well, so On Your Side is like a really special song. When I was down there in Louisiana recording, I met the singer of that song named Tiff, uh, Tiff Lampson. 
really brilliant musician um, in New Orleans. And yeah, we just hit it off and had kind of a, a, a cool friendship blossom out of that. And I wrote the song really with her in mind because I could sense that, you know, she had been, uh, she, you know, it was like based on a character that's been really through it, through the ringer. And it's someone kind of telling that person like, hey, I'm on your side. Give me a chance. I'm not going to be like the other men in your life. And, you know, just try and trust me. So it's a, it's just a simple, pure love song. And, you know, it was written about a friend, but it, it's got kind of a, yeah, like a love story kind of vibe to it. Do you do your own artwork? Um, yeah, I mean, I... So one of the music videos I did for this record, I did all the drawing for. Yeah, okay, um, I didn't know and that. And then the other one, the other one I hired an illustrator. So I, I do work with collaborators too. And when you do, you know, my best friend, Rim Pettibone, right? Man, that word illustrator, ooh. <laughs> it rubs them hard. <laughs> It's um, like, because sure, it, it, it kind of yeah, means that some, you're taking direction, right? Yeah, although I've had a career doing illustration for newspapers and stuff, so I don't really mind that word. But I, I know someone who's making art really doesn't want to be called. That is insulting if you're, if you're trying to you make know, uh, that's, so that's it. That's a semantic trip, right? A craft and art or a technique, right? A skill and a expression. Or are they the yeah. same? Or maybe where's there's no uh, definite line. Maybe they blur. Maybe they inform each other. I think so. I mean, I think every great painting has to have a surface layer that draws you in. So you could say there's some kind of, you know, illustration component to that. But then it's got to have some depth, too. And, you know, an illustration for the cover of a magazine, maybe you look at it for, you know, a minute at most and then you forget about it. But a painting, you... You have to drag, you have to, you know, snag them in the same way, but you want to keep their attention, have them think about it longer. So, yeah, I don't know. There's differences. There's some similarities. Yeah, like a lot of stuff. Where can people find you on the Internet? Um, I'm on Instagram. So if you look for my name, David Heatley, H-E-A-T-L-E-Y, or just DavidHeatley.com, my website. Oh, yeah, that's good. You probably got links to your other stuff there, right? I do, yeah. It's like having your own fans. Do you put your comic work there? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, my links to my books and my illustrations and drawings and stuff. Yeah. You know, a lot of comics are, are collaborative, right? You have a guy who writes a spiel and then the the illustrator. Yeah, not not the kind of work that I've always been drawn to, like kind of underground comics or literary comics, whatever you want to call them. Um, those those tend to be by all the same person yeah, writing uh, drawing. But Can I ask you if you ever read Captive Chains? No. Okay, that I was haven't. that was Raymond Pettibone's first. Uh, it was like a Ooh. graphic novel or uh, yeah, let's say comic book, but from the late seventies. Yeah. Ooh, I gotta I gotta see Captive that. No, Captive Chains. That. It's 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 a real trip, and it's a lot to me. It's a series of vignettes, but mm-hmm. you know, Raymond's one of those guys who don't like to explain. He, why do you think I made the piece art in the first place? What? So yeah, no, I totally understand. You know, but uh, different ways. You know, I'm I'm just in respect for anybody with artistic integrity. I want to learn from them. You know, and yeah, it's been a right great, great honor to have you on the show, David. Truly, and oh, you man. keep on keeping on. Are you already working on the next one? I am. I actually flew down, and Mark and I recorded like twelve new basic tracks, and uh, he's going to work on it over the next six months or so. But yeah, we got another record That's in the works. When it gets done, come back on the show, please. 
Oh, I'd love to, man. Okay, I'm a big man. fan of yours, so this oh, is an honor for me, for sure. You're most kind, dude. People, March 3rd, 2022 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.